Secretary. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay, just got to take a couple seconds here to get ready. Sure. Forgive me. <clears throat> so we're going to continue in the book of Acts, and we're going to pick up right where Terry left off. So... Friday morning, I can't remember what time it was, but I get a text from Jeff, and um, he says, hey, man, I'm not feeling well. Um, I was hoping I'd feel better by now. Can you fill in for me? And I'm like, really, dude? <laughs> like, two days? <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I accepted. I said, of course, I'll, I'll cover for you. And I said, what do you want me to teach on? And Jeff, being who he is, Text me back, and all he says is, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Really appreciate that. <laughs> so I said, you know what, let me just look. And, and he says, well, consider the book of Acts in chapter 3. And I said, all right, let me look at it. I'll get back to you. So I looked at it, and I said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do chapter 3. So we're there. Now, as I studied for this, and I was preparing for this, I normally don't put a message or, or a name to a message, but as I finished preparing, I said the only proper message for this message is Jesus. <laughs> you know, and, and I, just, I just was amazed. So just to kind of give a little recap as we get in, as what Terry read, just an overview. We have this guy who, from birth, was lame. He couldn't walk. And he's at the gate of the temple. Okay, now, the temple is where they would go to pray and worship, right? Um, and he's sitting there asking for money. And we see that today, right? And John and Peter which, I mean, again, these guys are just right now at this point filled with the Holy Spirit. Tells them what? Listen, man, I, I don't have no money, man, but I got something extra special for you. Amen. You know? And what does he tell them? He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand. And we all know that there's power in the name. Amen. Right? And we're going to get into some of his names as we go through our message. So he's healed. We see the, the, the crowd, they start, you know, they got, get all excited. Look what happened, you know, and they start running to him. So we start in verse uh, 11 where it says, while he, being the lame man, clung to Peter and John, all the people utter, utterly astounded ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. So if you guys aren't aware, you know, you have the temple, you have the outer part of the temple away from the Holy, Holy of Holies. And uh, so this portico is basically, in our language today, it's just a porch. It's a covered porch, right? So that's where they're hanging out, but it's inside of the temple area, all right? 
So they're walking in. They're, they're there. These people start running to him. You see this lame guy, and he's clinging. I mean, he's holding on for dear life to these guys. And the thing that just resonated with me is, like, notice how they react and who they are giving the credit to, as we do sometimes. You know, sometimes we, sitting out there, looking at or listening to a pastor, we kind of like put them on this pedestal. We put these preachers we listen to on the radio, we put them on a pedestal. And really, yes, God is using them, but it's not about them. It's about Jesus, right? Um, so we see these guys are running and, and they're, they're excited to see what's going on. And then Peter says, in, uh, or in verse 12, we see, well, let me just read it. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power and pity, we have made him walk. So Peter immediately says, listen, it's not us. We're, we're not the ones that did this. He immediately covers that. Um, they were, they were giving them the credit. They were going to him. And um, I, I see here that, that, again, Peter getting the credit, and look how he addresses the, the crowd. He says, men of Israel, remember, they're in the temple. So who goes to the temple? Men of Israel, right? They're, they're the ones that are worshiping there. So he's speaking to the Israelites. Um, and we have, to, we have to be reminded that that's what he's doing. And so as I was going through this, one of the things that just popped in my head, and I started asking myself, I said, man, how many times have I seen God do something in my life, and then I take the credit for it? Amen. Or God put somebody in my life to do something that, you know, makes my life better for some reason, and I tend to give them the credit. You know, man, God's really, you know, this guy's a godly dude, and I start putting the credit on him. And I wonder that how many times do we do that? How many times do we look at individuals and give them for credit for what God is doing? You know, so just remember that. But look at what he says next in verse 13. I'm going to read couple verses here. It says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead, to this we are witnesses. And in his name, by the faith in his name, has, the, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man, or given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Very, very interesting, and I, I think I spent most of my time right here because, again, the title, Jesus, right? Um, 
You see Abraham, I mean Abraham, you see Mo or Peter. There's so many characters here, I'm confused. <laughs> it's Peter, okay? <laughs> so Peter, knowing his audience, what does he do? He directs them and he, and he calls upon God in a way that they would recognize who he's talking about, right? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And then he throws in the God of our fathers. I love that. And then, it's, then he says, <clears throat> glorified by his servant, or glorified his servant Jesus. So we see this picture, and, and that word glorified means to, um, to magnify, to honor, to make glorious. And so we see that it's God that ordains his servant, Jesus. He's glorifying this man, Jesus, the one that we'll see, or we just read that they kill, right? He glorifies them. Um, and then as you get further into it, you see a couple of things. Okay, so those of you guys that are doing the IBS and the community groups, we know what um, the IBS, the inductive Bible study is. And I saw a lot of contrast right here. First one that I noticed was we see that they delivered Jesus over and they denied him, right? But then we see this lame man doesn't deny him, but calls upon the name of Jesus. So, so you see that faith, and it was that faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth that healed him. So you have two spectrums. And then, again, the name Jesus. We, he's called here Holy and Righteous One and Author of Life. Holy and Righteous One. I mean... Perfect, right? Compared to a murderer. Two sides of the spectrum, right? And then we see author of life. And I'm going to talk about that in, in a second. And then we see that they killed the author of life. And that just really, really spoke volumes to me. Jesus, the author of life, the creator of life, is murdered. And I, and I thought about this because I think of author, you know, book, right? And I'm thinking, that book does not exist without the author, right? Our lives do not exist without the creator, Right? And, it, and, it, and I just thought it, it was not funny, but I'll say it funny. It was funny to me how they murder, they kill the one who gives life. I, I, I don't know if you guys are getting this. It's like for me, it was like, poof, my mind blew. I'm thinking, man, they don't get it. They just don't get it. And I sometimes wonder, 
about me. When we were worshiping, I was sitting there praying, and I'm thinking, God, I know you're the creator. I know you are my God. But man, I forget so often that it's you that created me. And I take matters into my own hands. And I think, I think in my own wisdom, right, quote, <laughs> that I know the better way. And don't we do that sometimes? I mean, think, think about a book. You're reading a book and there's a character, and this character is being told what he needs to do in the book by the author. I mean, imagine that character all of a sudden coming to life and says, well, forget you, Mr. Author, I'm going to do this my way. It doesn't make sense, right? But yet, isn't that what we do? Isn't that he created us? He is the author, author of life. And he's killed by Israel, his people. These are the people that Jesus went to bless first as we'll see in verse 26. He went to them first, and they forgot all about that, right? You know, it's funny, because <laughs> growing up, I had a little brother, he since passed, and he was so quick to remind me of the favors that he would do for me when he asked me for a favor. And, you know, I say, I'm, I'm out here, can you do this for me? I said, no, nah, I ain't got time for you, man. I, I got to go do something else. He said, man, but do you remember that peanut butter and jelly sandwich I made for you two weeks ago? <laughs> like, for real? <laughs> but we, we're quick to forget, right? We're quick to forget. And we see Peter and John can both testify to this because they personally witnessed Jesus rising from the dead, as, as we see it in that last verse, where he says, um, or did I get ahead of myself? No. Yeah, in verse 15, to this we are witnesses. Thank you, whoever said no. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is killed by his own people but then God raises him from the dead. Yeah. I look at that and I think about that and I think, you know what? You may have killed him physically, but our God, our author of life, is still alive. Yeah. He's still alive today. And he will always be alive. And if you don't know that, reach out. Reach out to some of your elders, but more importantly, reach out to him. Reach out to, to, to God. Reach out to Jesus. He's going to make himself known to you because he is the author of life. And we are all his children. And he loves us so much so that even though he was killed or murdered, He did it willingly, 
Some people will question me that whether or not he did it willingly because he didn't want to go to the cross. But more importantly, he did it obediently. And think about that. He's in human form. He's praying and he's saying, Lord, let this cup pass from me. He's saying, Lord, is there another way? Is there another way? And then he repeats the prayer again. But yet, he does it. Because he was obedient to the Father regardless of how much pain it was going to cost him. Regardless of what was going to happen to him, he was more focused on what God wanted for him and what God wanted him to do. And I think we forget that, guys. I think we get so caught up in our world. And, and, and I say we, okay, because I'm not saying you, I'm saying we. we I do it too. <clears throat> Where God will tell me, hey, go do this. Oh, dude, you're asking me to go into a bad area. Man. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Or I don't want to do this because it would be better if we do it this way, right? But he's the author of life. He creates the story. And I just want to be a character in the story, right? He's alive today, you guys. Verse 17. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance and did, all, and did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So basically, he's saying that, um, showing some grace to these guys. First, he tells them, man, you guys killed them, <laughs> right? You guys denied him, but now he shows them a little grace. He says, listen, I, I, I know you guys were ignorant. I, and ignorant is not a bad word, by the way. I used to think it was. <laughs> they just didn't know. But then he says, but we told you about this a long time ago. You should have known. You should have known. And we as believers, we have no excuse. We know better. I put a little note here for myself. It says, what have we heard or read and then ignored when it comes to our Lord. I know I have, God bless you. Um, I know I've done that. Again, just sitting there praying, I'm thinking, Lord, man, I'm, I'm one of these Israelites, man. I've ignored you. Um, I, I don't think that I would come out and say I denied him, but... I would sometimes, you know, fly under the radar. You know, I didn't want people to know that I was a Christian. That's a form of denial, right? Whether it's at work, it's not good, and it's not politically correct. But I just, that just hit me and said, how many times have I done that? And I'm sitting there praying, I'm saying, Lord, forgive me. And then I made a disclaimer, as we all do. But Lord, you know, I'm going to do it again because <laughs> yeah. I'm weak. Yeah. And in the same prayer, I'm saying, but Lord, you have to give me that strength. 
Fill me with that power of the Holy Spirit that you gave to these guys. That I may walk in your light and I may boast out your name and my, I may bring glory to you. You know? And then what does he do? He tells them, you guys knew. Right? And then he gives them a command, repent, therefore, and turn back. Turn back away from your sins. Repent means to turn 180. Go in this way, completely turn around, and go the other way. So if you're, in, if you're living in sin right now, if you're uh, sinning on, on, a, on a regular basis, then what he's telling us is turn around and go to him. You know? And that's what he's telling them. But I love what he does this because he tells them to repent, therefore, and turn back. And I know we're not supposed to add words to the Bible, okay? So there's my little disclaimer. I'm going to add one little word, all right, in three parts. Because <laughs> it says repent, therefore, and turn back. So, that's my little word, so that your sins may be blotted out. I'm one of those guys that I'm very technical to the words people choose when even though I I you know I may do the same thing but I'm very technical and I hear and I hear the word and I hear people say this and again I'm not saying it's wrong but for me it's just like ooh where people say well Jesus washes away our sins and I think, in my mind, okay, forgive me. <laughs> but I'm thinking, no, he doesn't. He obliterates them. Amen. He obliterates them. That's what that word means, blotted. Blotted out. He just, they don't even exist anymore. The author is writing, and he goes back and he uses whiteout. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. And he's saying that we need to repent. Turn back to Jesus so that he can blot out our sins. So that times of refreshing, don't we all need that? Times of refreshing? I need it all the time, man. <laughs> so that times of refreshing, get this, may come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, I was just like, my knees buckled when I was reading this. That's like, my goodness, to be refreshed because I'm in the presence of the Lord. I'll take that all day long, man. All day long. And so that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, to whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. So we see these commands, we see these promises. I'm still stuck on that refreshing in the presence of the Lord. I just, I just love that. And then the last one where he says, um, so, that we may be, so that we may send the Christ appointed for you. And I love that one too, so that Jesus will be appointed as your Lord and Savior. Wow. 
I'm an emotional guy, so forgive me. I kind of have to regather my, <laughs> my emotions because I read stuff like this and it brings me to tears, man. It just brings me to tears. So to be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. What a sweeter place. There is no sweeter place. 22. I'm going quick here, huh? Get you guys out early. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not fighting the Bible or anything here, but I, I look at them saying, Moses? Like Jesus? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? But yet that's what Moses says. He says, a prophet, he will raise up a prophet like me. My first thought, he's giving himself a little bit of a, I'm the man, right? But he's not. And I struggled with that. I struggled. How, how can you compare yourself to Jesus? And basically what he's saying in a nutshell Moses was a prophet. Why? Because he brought forth the word of the Lord. Right? And that's how he's comparing himself to Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did, right? That's what prophets do. That's what a prophet is. is someone who speaks on behalf of God. And Moses did that. And I believe that when he said that, it wasn't doing this. He was saying, this is coming from the Lord. What I'm telling you right now is coming from God. But again, me just looking at them, says, really, Moses? You sound like, you sound like Peter. <laughs> Anyways, or you sound like a Mountie. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Verse 23, it says, And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet will be destroyed from the people. I read that and I'm thinking, where's the grace? Where's all this grace that people talk about in Jesus, you know? But there's a key word, key words, that he will be destroyed from the people. Um, I like to look at different um, verses, or not verses, but versions. And the NLT reads like this. Then Moses said, anyone who will listen, who will not listen to the prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. And that's what he's saying. You know, when you see what, G, or what God commands his people to do, and, and some people disagree with it, but I understand it when he says, hey, you guys need to go into this land. I'm giving you this land. Go in there and wipe everybody out and kill everybody and leave nothing. I think, that's harsh. But what he's doing is this. He's separating his people. And that's what he's doing. And this is what he's talking about here. He's separating his people for his sake. And you can look it up. It's in Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 19. 
And what this basically is, is a warning for us today. It's a warning. It was a warning to them, but it was a, it's a warning to us too. By the way, when he says, and he shall, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet, again, this is Moses speaking, he says, that prophet, he's talking about Jesus, the Messiah to come, okay, um, shall be destroyed from the people. So this is, this is a warning. How many of us 100% listen to everything God tells us to do? <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> but he's not talking about a sin. He's talking about a lifestyle. Okay, we all sin. The Bible's very clear. We all sin. But when we start living a lifestyle that's not according to how God wants us to live, that's a whole other area that I'll let Jeff get into that some other time. <laughs> yeah, give him the hard stuff. And then 24, it says, And all the prophets have spoken from Samuel and, to the, and those who came after him also proclaimed these days. So not only did um, Moses say this about Jesus, but all the other prophets that came up after him spoke about these days. And, and what I'm talking about is the whole shall be destroyed from the people. Um, I, I believe that that could be talking about uh, us physically here on earth, uh, but there's a spiritual component to that um, where we will be separated from other people, right? So again, speaking to these guys, he's taking them back to the Old Testament. These guys are coming. Okay, these aren't your, your typical guys who run the street. These are guys who are coming to the temple to pray. They should have known this. They understand what Peter's talking about here. And, he, and he's warning them. He's telling them, you know. Then verse 25 says, You are the sons of the prophets, and of the covenant of God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Talk about a heritage, a legacy. He's saying here, he says, listen, it's from your bloodline. It's from Abraham's bloodline that this prophet, Jesus Christ, is going to come into this earth, right, and be a blessing to all the families who believe. We inherit that. We inherit that, you guys. It's, we have been blessed by Jesus. Jesus has given us life, man. You know, I know a lot of you guys, and you guys all have stories. I also have a story. 
I mean, I was... My motivating factor to become a Christian and to find out who this Jesus was was because I didn't want my daughter to be raised around guys like me. And so I started searching. I started searching. And I became blessed by our Lord Jesus Christ because he accepted me into the family. You know? And um, let me finish with this last verse and then I'll finish up here. Verse 26 says, God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first. Remember I talked about that earlier? To bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And again, that applies to us today. That applies to us today. You know, I was talking to somebody earlier, and um, they were talking about me, or talking about the fact that people struggle with this concept of truth, right? And that truth is, is, is this concept that I can't wrap myself around, you know, because I lie, you know, and, and, and I'm not always truthful with myself. And I just made this comment, and I said, rather than looking at it as a concept, look at it, look, look at truth as a person, Amen. you know? And, and I think about this, and I think that we are all blessed because of the truth, the author of life, right? We inherit that. Of course, we have to repent, right? We have to repent and turn away. But we are so blessed. We are so blessed that we have Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and not only did he die for us, but he conquered death so that we could live. He rose up out of that grave. Rose up out of that grave. And I think, but man, they killed the author of life. No, they didn't. They thought they did. But he's alive today. And so my prayer for you guys, if you guys... Anybody here, anybody online who does not know Jesus Christ, the author of life, the truth, the holy and righteous one, if you don't know him, I plead you, reach out to him. And if you don't know how, find somebody who does, and they'll walk you through it. I used to say this from the pulpit, and I hear other pastors say this from the pulpit, and I used to say, how can he love me? He doesn't know me. And so I'll say it, and I'll explain why. But I do love you guys. I don't know some of you guys, but I love you because of what Jesus put in my heart. 
I do. I mean, if you come up to me and start talking Jesus, I'll talk to you for an hour if you want to, man. I just love it. But that's what God, if God can change me, if God can change Jeff, okay? <laughs> he can change you. The author of life. Amen? I love you guys. God bless you. Let me pray. Father God, we just love you so much. We thank you so much. Not only because you died in our place, a death that we deserve, but because you conquered death and you promised us eternal life. Lord, I just don't know what to say. Just so grateful for who you are, for what you've done. I'm so grateful that one day I'll be able to see you with my own eyes. But I also know that my eternity started the day I accepted you into my heart because I get to talk to you anytime I want. And when I'm listening, I hear you. So Lord, I pray for everybody here. I pray for your church in general, that we would get past all these petty things where we fight with one another, Lord, and that we would just focus on you, your love, your grace, your mercy. I love you so much, Father. Lord, I just want to lift up Pastor Jeff. I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with him. And I've never said this to him, but he counsels me every week. And I appreciate that. So I thank you for putting a man on, in, in this pulpit who loves you and seeks you. And so, Lord, I just lift him and his, and his wife, Lisa, up to you. You know the struggles. You know what they're going through, Lord. And I just ask that you would just reach down and just touch them right now. And, Lord, for any, anybody here or anybody online that's listening, Lord, that may not know you or, or they know of you and, and they, they want to they know you, Lord, again, you are the author of life. And if you want to write a little verbiage in there that you're reaching down to test them, Lord, that would be awesome. So, Lord, minister to everyone that's searching for you, Lord. Minister to your church, Lord. Help us to be obedient to you and live your way, not our own. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name.